Hey y'all, I'm back. <laughs> so the time that I'm recording this episode is super, super late and I've come to terms with the fact that I'm not going to be going to sleep early and really I'm coming to the ter- coming to terms with the fact that I'm going to be sleeping late, but at least I'm going to record a podcast, right? Right. This is the second time, this is my second take, um, because I'm not, I wasn't feeling that first one. I, I mean, I just, I wasn't. Something just doesn't sit right in something I said there, and I don't know exactly what, but, so this is our second take, and I pray that Jesus takes the wheel, and, um, I just want to be fully authentically me and have God by my side guiding me, leading me. And I mean, in essence, this is a good topic to talk about. Drug abuse, alcohol abuse, and addiction. But that doesn't exactly mean that I know exactly what to say. <laughs> and that's just me being honest. Um, so let me just dive into prayer before we get started. Lord, I pray that you take charge, that you lead me in this message. I ask that you walk with me, that you hold my hand through every point, through every topic. That I share only enough, no little, no too little, no more than I need to, just what needs to be said, Lord. And let it not be me, my own personal opinions. Let it be what is right. Let it be what is true. Let it be what comes from your word. Guide me, Lord, to every verse, every chapter, every book. That needs to be read, Lord. Only you know the audience. Only you you know exactly who's going to listen to this and what they need to hear. Let it be your spirit that flows in the words in, in this audio, Lord. Let it be your Holy Spirit reaching the ears, reaching the heart of every listener. Father, may their spirit be tuned in may my spirit be tuned in lord before i say something i shouldn't say let it be you working in us all lord to be better to be faithful to you lord to live a righteous life a life that is pleasing to you amen I think that when I was smoking, when I was drinking, I think that the reason why I kind of started was the idea of it. Um, just to be a little bit transparent, the reason I ever even started smoking was because my 
like months before I started smoking. Um, my at the time boyfriend was heavily into smoking and would even like pop pills and stuff. And um, I was always this just girl, good girl, right? Um, always at church. And honestly, I prayed that this man would like stop with the drugs, stop with the alcohol, stop the smoking. I've just prayed for him. And in my, in being naive, I thought that that was okay. <laughs> I thought that I could still be in this relationship as this person did that. As if I was, as if being good was going to overpower him not being, not living a life where he was God-fearing or righteous i i don't know how else to say that and he cheated on me <laughs> mind you this is 20 like 16 so i'm 16 and he cheated on me and um it really really fired me up the whole situation about it around it surrounding it there's details to it, but it fired me up. And um, so one day, one of my friends offered if I wanted to go smoke there. And I was like, okay, sure. <sighs> wow. And like my, I don't, I don't know, my gut dropped right now. The fact that like she said yes. Like I said yes, you know. And so that was that. That was the start to that. That was like 2016. And um, after that was just a snowball effect of like losing myself, finding identity, trying to find identity in worldly things. Meanwhile, I grew up living a God-fearing lifestyle. So, you know, I grew up living my life to honor God, to, to be sin-free as much as I could be. And, um, that was that, um, from 2016 to about the end of 2021, when I would say I'm, I was officially, like, sober, um, I had time spans of, like, eight months, four months, a year, where I would not smoke, I would not drink, and I was like, I'm sorry, y'all, like, I really am trying to, like, stick to this, and so, that was a struggle for me because there was times where temptation was there and I had to really lean on to God to help me. And then there's times where I was I wasn't as equipped to lean on to God, so I fell into that temptation and I would smoke or I would drink. Um and um I mean like I know that it's not easy. Firsthand I know it's not easy to give up um drugs to give up alcohol like it it really isn't easy something that was in my favor was that like going to parties like there was times where I was sober and people would like be surprised that I could be so like hyped up <laughs> and like happy and like joyful in that environment without having to drink and I think that that's just the natural joy that 
God has put in me and it's sad to see that I would use that joy in those environments as opposed to being so joyful and excited at church you know and I mean that's the truth but like that's that joy that God put in me like just naturally and um so and I think that we don't really need these things but to be in social environments sometimes we feel like we do and so because of that sometimes if you're frequenting like these social environments that you feel that you need it's like it's hard to like not have it or it's hard to like live this like righteous life of not drinking and smoking when um you don't know how to be in these environments without it or maybe not an environment because I sometimes like for people who smoke it's like it's not about being in an environment it's more so about like being with yourself or going through something or just wanting to be in a different state of mind and um and sometimes it's just simply the act of smoking and having something in your mouth that's that has smoke you know um for whatever reason there's a reason to do it what's our reason to not do it well my reason to not do it was the fact that I wasn't sincerely happy and that struggle of not being sincerely happy is like God calling me back that's God working around me to pull me back There was times as, like, in the final year of, like, me ever smoking, there was times where it was, like, I would have genuine scares. I would have, I'd be terrified like that. In that moment, the, ¿cómo se dice? El arrebatamiento. How do you say that in English? Um... Judgment Day? No. Um, basically, resurrection. Like every like. If you know about the Christian faith, we trust that Jesus is returning for His church, dead or alive. And so, for those who are dead, it's that resurrection. But also for those who are alive, it's we're gonna meet Jesus in the sky and we're gonna be lifted up. And as I. As there was these times where I was like high, I would have these terrors that it was happening at that time. And I would hear sounds that it kind of gives me chills that really made me think it was happening. And then I'd look at the clock and like I'd be, I'd be tripping. But there was this really big time like scare where, and the, the crazy thing is like, this is big but the crazy thing is I'm sure this wasn't the last scare that had to happen before I stopped. So this big scare was the fact that I had gotten high and then I went to a juice spot. I, I made my order and I'm standing with my friend and I'm just like, I, I feel I need to sit down. I felt this cold sweat rush over my body, almost like when you lock your knees and like your blood pressure drops or like your sugar, something drops. 
and you know you gotta sit down because you'll pass out so that happens i go to sit down i'm looking at her and my vision just goes white um the sounds around me are amplified but her voice isn't really that loud to me it's just like the car the sound of a car the sound of an airplane like just amplified and um eventually my vision just was all white all I saw was white and so that terrified me and I was like in that moment I knew I if this was God coming I wasn't going up like I was staying on earth like or I I didn't know what was going to happen to me spiritually that terrified me and um so I had a seizure the ambulance said that it was a heat stroke it was heat stroke but um physically yeah it was heat stroke but I know that that was God who allowed that I know it was God who was showing me consequences to my actions and it was just that reminder of this is what you want you want me to consistently have to like terrify you before you come back to me before you have a righteous life like is this really what you want you know, they say, por las buenas o las malas, and, like, good or bad, like, well, how do you want it, and it was, like, I just wanted, por las malas, you know, like, I just, I wanted to have to be consistently scared and terrified out of my boots that I would pray to God, like, please help me, like, whoa, what's going on, you know, as opposed to, because I love you, God, I'm gonna respect you, and I'm gonna honor you, and I'm not going to I'm not going to smoke anymore. Um, yeah. There's this verse in Hebrews 12:11. And it says, "For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it." discipline consequences like they're not easy wouldn't it be nice to just avoid them altogether Mm, no because would it not be for discipline or consequences we would just live a life where we don't we it's such a temporal life of do whatever you want and you can do whatever you want because doesn't mean anything there's not going to be a consequence you could do whatever you want but a life like that a life so meaningless it's not what how much is it really worth living because you're still going to have everything else all your other problems but um what you do has no consequence like what you do doesn't require discipline really there is consequence and that's the outcome of whatever you decide to do but like there's no discipline to it i'm gonna read verse 7 to 17 from that same chapter chapter 12 of hebrews it is for discipline that you have to endure god is treating you as sons for what son is there whom his father does not discipline If you are left without discipline in which all 
have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Beside this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and res- and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See it to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it many become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that, afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no food, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. So, this is telling us, like, when God disciplines us, he's treating us as his sons. Because if he were to not, it's like being illegitimate children. It's like, I don't care what they do. Let them let them be them. But you, my son, yeah, I'm going to discipline you because I care about you, because I love you. And so I'm a firm believer in consequences is a form of love. Discipline is a form of love. Because when you're disciplined, I mean, if I wasn't disciplined in that, I would still be smoking. And I'd probably be damaging my lungs. The thing is, like, I'd I'd be so agitated with everyone and, like, hot-headed. I'd be... floating in this world because that's the headspace that that brought me to. I would also like to talk about how maybe this isn't the time to bring that up but I had a friend who actually passed away from an overdose this wasn't a close friend this is a childhood friend who happened to just pop back up in my life probably like a month before he passed away and um even in childhood it wasn't like we were like tight but they definitely like you know had significance in my life and the day we were supposed to video call and it was a random thing like he randomly like video called me on facetime i um i'm sorry on instagram and i asked was that an accident he said no just want to say hello and i'm like okay, call this next day because I'll have free time at that time. And um, that day comes, I mess- we're messaging in, like, in the morning, whatever, and then he never replied, and I was like, all right, whatever, so be it. And I thought maybe I should call. I didn't call. And um, 
maybe like a week or two later, I see his obituary on Instagram. I look at the date. He actually passed away that same day that we were supposed to call. That we were supposed to video chat. And I found out that it was because of an overdose. That broke my heart. And then... I see online his mom's like posting all this stuff and like posting this man who like is said to be like supposedly supposed to help him but he worked at the rehab center and the man who worked at the rehab center was the one who sold him the drugs who killed that killed him that was like laced with fentanyl um and my coworker said something so so true She said, she's mad as hell at everyone, but she should be mad at herself. She knew what her son was doing. Everyone knew what he was doing. And now it helps her to be mad at someone else. There's a Bible verse. I wish I memorized it <laughs> so I could find it, but the essence of what that verse says is instruct the child, instruct a child when he is young so that when he's older, He won't step away from that. When you mold a child, when you instruct a child, when you are an example to a child, not just with your words, but with your action, with your lifestyle, it's a lot easier for that child to grow up to be as straight or as crooked as you are. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three says, Do not be deceived, bad company ruins good morals. As a child, you don't necessarily need to know what's right or wrong. It's almost like in your nature. You know when you did something wrong, you know when you did something right. And as a child you're so innocent. You're innocent. As you grow older, that's when you gain that consciousness and it's like, no, you knew right from wrong and you did wrong. Or you've always known right from wrong and you've always sought out to do right. Don't be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Um, I mean, I wasn't deeply into the know-how or like know of things of like this person's friends and stuff because they moved states and all I saw was what was online but like when I saw like postings of like what he was tagged in like after his death and his funeral and stuff I just was like 
man. What in the hell, like, uh, it just, it just saddened my heart because it was like, man, like, did he even have a chance? Did he have a fighting chance of being different? But the thing is that even then, there's no excuse because God is willing and more than able, all powerful to take us out of situations, to put a light in us that protects us, that leads us away from the darkness, that prepares us when we are surrounded by darkness, by people who don't share that same light, to equip us to be firm, to stand strong, to stand faithful to him. You know, there really is no excuse. And um, that applies to my life as well. Like there really is no excuse. It takes strength to carry your cross and to be faithful to God. And I pray for, I pray that everyone who listens is like, that you would figure that out yourself. As like, I have come to trust myself and as I'm learning to trust even more as well. But not even trusting God, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say, like, I hope that by the end of it, by the end of our life, that we figured it out and we're on the right side of the line. That's eternal life as opposed to eternal condemnation. Eternal life and living a life where you're you're living righteously where you choose to do good as opposed to bad. Super small example, but like just God's faithfulness and the way that he like shows like, I see you, I acknowledge you. My coworkers, <laughs> my coworkers are trying to convince me. They're like, oh, have you tried the dumplings? I'm like, oh no, I haven't. And they're like, here, take this dumpling and go over there because there's no camera over there and you can eat the dumpling. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, Oh, like, no, I'm good, but thank you. Like, thank you for, like, you know, like, being cool about it, you know? But I'm good. Why? I didn't pay for that dumpling. It could be just one dumpling, but I didn't pay for it. I didn't pay for it. Like, I'm not, I'm stealing if I, if I take that dumpling. And, um... That my, that same coworker had like brought it up a few times, and <laughs> um, like a few different shifts. And I didn't do it. I'm, I haven't I haven't had the dumpling. And then today I'm working with another coworker, and she says, "Hey, Lily, you know what? I cooked some like, I I cooked a whole lot of dumplings. I cooked the dumplings, and um, if you want, you could take them home." I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And it wasn't until like. I, like, had the dumplings, like, in my hand and stuff. Like, I'm leaving the shift and stuff. And I realized, and I just think to myself, like, God, you are so good, but you are so faithful where you don't need to be faithful. Like, you didn't have to be kind to me because I did a good, I I didn't do a bad thing. It's like, some, like, 
did I have to be rewarded for not doing a bad thing? Not really. I just did what I was supposed to do, right? Not take the dumpling I didn't pay for. Like, I knew if I went and, and like, went to that part of the store where there wasn't a camera and I ate the dumpling that I would be doing something bad. Is it really something I should be rewarded for just because I didn't do bad? But still, there's grace. Because he's like, I see you. And I'm still going to bless you for that. Um, como dicen, lo poco me fuiste fiel. Con mucho te... Ah, I need to find this verse. I have to find this verse. All right, Matthew 25, 23. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Matthew 25, 23. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. So, uh, and how beautiful. This is one of the verses at my grandma's memorial that I read. Because she lived, she lived by that, you know, like being faithful to God. To ah, oh, my next podcast has to be about her, like it has to be. Um, so I read that verse, so it's funny that I'm even reading it now. But in that little of like just not doing bad and just not doing that, um, he gave me a, he provided for me a box full of dumplings. Like an order full of dumplings. And it's like, you didn't, like, God, you didn't have to do that, but you did it. And it's like, this is such a small situation, guys. But I know that he saw that and he was like, I'm going to bless you for that. Like, I see that. And it just makes me want to cry. Like, (laughs) because that's who he is. And I'm certain that in times where I said I wasn't going to smoke, I wasn't going to do it. I wanted to be faithful to God. I wanted to live a righteous, like clean. I wanted to be free and clean in my testimony that he did that same thing, like blessed me in that ways too. You put in that effort, God takes care of the rest. You put in that desire, that interest, God takes care of the rest. Because he works with you. You don't have to live this life trying to figure it out on your own. He works with you. He created you. You think he's just going to create you for what? To just like walk around this earth and do what? Live your life? Without guidance? Spiritual guidance? Like he's your creator. He, you, you were first born in a thought in his head. To which he put you, an egg in your mom, fertilized you with your dad, with your dad's DNA, and gave you a a blow of air of life to fill your lungs. Caused your heart to beat and caused you to be formed in your mother's womb. 
delicately crafted you into who you are. You think he doesn't give, like, you think he just did that for fun and just forgot about you? Like, I know it's easy to think that as you kind of live through this life and you see just the wickedness of this earth. But, like, that's not who he is. Punto aparte. Like, he's he's different from this earth. And you won't find another him. One and only. Alpha and Omega. Beginning and end. He's everything. I hope that in our hearts we can make him our everything. And that we would be reminded like he loves us. He wants to lead you in this life. He wants to care for you and take care of you. God does not want you to go through this life alone. He doesn't expect you to seek perfection and righteousness alone. Jesus Christ is our Redeemer, our Transformer, our Healer. He is our salvation. He is our God, our Leader. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. In that chapter of Matthew 6, what it really is talking about in that section is talking about like how God provides for us our clothes. He provides for us our food, what we have to drink. He provides it all. But the Bible also talks about God as our living water. That continuous river of fulfillment. He provides for us all that we need spiritually as he does physically. Our nourishment, what we clothe ourselves with, the house we have over our heads, the beds we have under our backs. He provides it all, but I think the most important of it all is like that spiritual that spiritual fulfillment, that fulfillment of when I need peace or when I want to have a good time. I don't have to run to drugs. I don't have to run to alcohol. I have you, God. You are my joy. You are my peace. You excite me. And you help me to see joy in this world that's deeper than going out. That's deeper than a slumber state of mind. In in these states of mind, when I was like high or when I was drunk, like I'm trying to think, like how far I felt from God. Because to try to get close, closer to him in that state of mind just kind of felt um, defiled. It felt corrupted. I felt like, oh, like 
these two things can't go together. That's, that's how I personally felt. That's how my spirit felt convicted. And um, it comes down to what, how the Holy Spirit convicts you. What it puts in your heart, you know. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end, its end is the way to death. I would also like to read that same chapter, but from verse 12 to verse 16. Which goes, Whoever is wicked covets the spoil of evildoers, but the root of the righteous bears fruit. An evil man is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous escapes from trouble. From the fruit of his mouth, a man is satisfied with good, and the work of a man's hands come back to him. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. The vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudence ignores an insult. Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. I guess I passed that verse. I read all the way to 18. Let's keep going then. There is one whose rash words are like swords thrust, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but those who plan peace have joy. No ill befalls the righteous, but the wicked are filled with trouble. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his, dis- are his delight. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaim folly. <sighs> it's like when I get into reading the Bible, like I can't stop. But to get to this point sometimes takes a lot. Let's just finish this chapter then, because we have a few a few verses. Prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaim folly. The hand of the diligent will rule, while the slothful will be put to forced labor. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Whoever is slothful will not roast his game, but the diligent man will get pre- precious wealth. In the path of righteousness is life, and in the pathway there is no death. Yeah, the Proverbs have a lot of good advice. I really enjoy Proverbs. But the focus was, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. I think it's easy to think, there's nothing wrong with drinking. There's nothing wrong with with drugs or smoking. Because, you know, I'm living my life. This is how I choose to enjoy myself. Yeah, it's easy to think that. But the Bible calls us to be sober-minded. And ask yourself why. 
Ask yourself if you feel dependent. Ask yourself if you have control, self-control over your body, over your desires, over your actions. And I want to read to you from... want to read a verse to you about self-control and the importance of it. The fruit of the spirit and the thing about self-control, the thing about the fruits of the Spirit is it gets us closer to God. So lacking these fruits would in turn mean that you're not closer to God. As close to God. I don't know. Let me not. Let me scratch that last part I said. Fruits of the Spirit is what I feel makes me feel closer to God. But the fruit of the Spirit, uh, mind you, I'm reading in Galatians 5, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Verse 23. Gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. Verse 24. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Verse 26, last verse. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. That's about self-control. Let's go to page 424 on my Bible. On my Bible. Probably not yours. Okay, so... That's Second Peter's first chapter one verse six. Oh, let's actually read from verse two. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us his own, glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for if these qualities are yours and are increasing they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ for whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. Election. Ooh, 
elected outcast. Okay, Siddle, shout out to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so that's Second Peter chapter 1. I encourage you to read that entire chapter as we did not finish, but... It's also still that reminder, you know, like, I'm sorry to be blunt. I'm sorry to be truthful. But the fact is, not everyone's saved. Not everyone has salvation. And not everyone will have eternal life with God. And to not have eternal life with God is to have eternal condemnation in hell. And, um... I think many people are deceived in the idea that what they're doing is enough and there's nothing to fix. They can just like go about it, like go about their life. And just because you don't know doesn't mean it's not happening. It's like, it's like, just because I don't know doesn't mean there's not going to be disaster. Just because I don't check my bank account doesn't mean I need to stop. Doesn't mean I don't have to stop spending. Because still, money's coming out of that. Just because I don't know the numbers doesn't make it any better. It actually makes it that much worse to not know. Seek Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek God. Seek the truth. Seek the answers. Ask questions. Just because you don't know, like sometimes not knowing is that much worse than knowing. All right, y'all. I'm gonna end that episode. I'm gonna end this episode right here. Actually, I have to go back and like edit it, edit it a little bit because I had a little slight interruption. And I don't want it to come out in um, the podcast. So I guess let's just do a closing prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this time to have prepared for me to speak to be guided by you to know that much more of you that I didn't piece together before that I couldn't see before and I pray that you make things clear for each listener Lord I pray that for each question you provide an answer I pray that in their hearts you would press on them to seek more of you to seek out answers, to seek out clarity, to seek out the truth. I pray that they would seek your word first, Lord, before they seek out anything else. And I pray that you will fulfill our needs, our desires, before we run to vices, Lord, before we run to anything else in this world, to fill that, Lord, that we would focus our eyes first on you, that we would lift our eyes first towards you, Lord, to seek you and to trust in you. Thank you, amen.
I feel so much peace, so, so much peace in just this episode. And just after this prayer, I, I'm, I trust, it's like I'm not alone. And um, that's just beautiful. In that first episode, like, I finished filming, I, I'm filming, I finished recording, I just, it wasn't it, I, there was some, there's something in there, something in that episode, and it just, it wasn't sitting right, and I, it doesn't matter, I'm not gonna pinpoint it, but I'm more so gonna highlight the fact that spending this much more time to record this episode, yeah, it was worth it. It was worth it. All right, guys. Bye. See you next episode.